0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dustin McAdams. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, we have a really fun guest extreme marathon runner, dog lover, and author. He's Dion Leonard, a 42 year old Australian native lives in Edinburgh, Scotland. Dion has not only completed, but actually competed in some of the world's toughest ultra marathons across some of the harshest landscapes you can imagine. This includes running across the brutal Sahara Desert twice, and also twice across South Africa's Kalahari Desert. Both 250 kilometer races. That's over 155 miles, almost like running from Chicago to Indianapolis through the desert. When Dion signed up to run a race across the Gobi Desert in China, he never expected to adopt a stray dog in the process. But when a scrappy little pup appeared out of nowhere and kept pace with him for nearly 80 miles, over the mountains, across desert dunes, and through villages, the pair became fast friends. Dion named the ambitious little pup Gobi in honor of the desert that they tackled together. But before Dion and Gobi could return home to Scotland, poor little Gobi went missing in China. Dion launched a desperate search for her that went viral with coverage on CNN. BBC, The Huffington Post, and others. And with the help of millions across the world, he and Gobi were thankfully reunited. The story became so popular that celebrities, including Oprah, Ashton Kutcher, and Mark Wahlberg, all took to social media in support of the search. Now, Dion tells the inspiring story in his new book, Finding Gobi. It's a book that's a combination of adventure, mystery, love, and discovery of self. He's also sold the rights to 21st Century Fox for a major feature film, and there's a children's version of the book releasing this August. You can find more about it at FindingGobi.com. That's FindingGobi.com, and on all major social media at Finding Gobi. We'll be right back with Dion to talk all about finding his best friend and himself right after these messages. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com. Welcome back to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. With us now is Dion Leonard, ultra-marathon runner and author of the new book, Finding Gobi. Dion, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely, it's uh, it's it's a thrill, and I'm I'm really excited to see the launch of this book. So, first off, running 150 miles at a time, not to mention in some of the most harsh conditions, it just seems incomprehensible to us mere mortals. What attracted you to the sport of uh, ultra marathon running?
1: Yeah, it's not everyone's ideal uh, holiday choice, I guess. Running across the desert, as you say, <laughs> the extreme conditions. Um, putting your body under you know, massive strain. You've got to carry your food for the week as well so you don't actually get to eat the best food. There's no showers. It's uh, it, it can be pretty grim. But completing one of these races can also be life-changing. And um I actually got into this racing back in 2013 because of my wife. I bought her a book for Christmas. And uh, I said to her, whatever page you open up to on this book, which had the, the toughest world challenges in it, I said, we'll go and do it. And, uh, she actually happened to open up to a Kalahari Orgabies Extreme Marathon, which is a 250 kilometre, 155 mile race across the Kalahari Desert in South Africa. So, begrudgingly, I, uh, stuck to my guns on that and actually went out there with her and I, I came six at the race and, uh, I actually hadn't finished an ultra marathon before. And the only marathon I actually had done before that was dressed as a pig, uh, in Bordeaux drinking wine and eating cheese. <laughs> so, I'd always been a pretty good sportsman, but never really much of a runner, you know, hadn't done much of it. So to come sixth in the Kalahari race sort of had me thinking, okay, maybe I should take this a little bit more seriously now.
0: Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So literally your first one, you came in sixth. That's crazy. I have to imagine that doesn't happen very often at all.
1: No, it's uh, it is, it is a bit unique and the people at the race and the organizers and other people I was competing against were just like. Wow, this is uh, this is amazing, and you know, especially when I'm sort of saying I haven't done any training, and I didn't want to sound like a complete idiot, but um, I really hadn't done that much, and the, the level of the field was actually quite uh, quite high as well. So yeah, it was it was a pretty good result, and uh, things just went from there.
0: <laughs> well, kudos to you, that is impressive. So to the core of this story, so tell us about meeting Gobi. Went through your mind when you noticed her hanging around your camp, and then running along with you all day.
1: Yeah, so I saw her on the end of stage one. Uh, doing a running a race across the Gobi Desert, 155 miles, six stages, seven days. And I was preparing my food that evening and I saw this cute little dog running around, getting food off people around the campfire. And I thought to myself, that's uh, that's a smart dog as well. It's not getting any food from me though. And uh, I, I went back into my yurt. We were staying in yurts this evening and uh, it was quite cold. And I went back in there and had my dinner and thought about the next day's race. And on that start line of stage two, Gobi was actually down at my feet and looking up at me and I thought what a cute little dog and I actually didn't know whose dog it was I thought it must have been with the race or, or with one of the volunteers there and I didn't really think too much of it because I'd seen it the night before but we were just about to set off and I thought to myself you know this little dog better get out of the way because all these runners in to come streaming through here and she's so small I thought she'd get run over but as, as soon as the, the gun went off she ran right beside me and she was like just had this massive grin on her face, and I just thought, you know, the dog's going to run 100 metres and be, uh, and be tired and drop off to the side. But she stayed with me for 25 miles that day, and not only 25 miles, you know, just about a marathon, but we climbed the Tian Shan mountain range and, uh, we were up in the, in the snow caps at one point, and then we dropped back down into the Gobi Desert. So it was, it was a unique stage, but, um, for her to be able to do it was, was damn impressive.
0: That's amazing. So 25 miles. And for listeners who maybe haven't seen the book cover or seen any press on it yet, give a visual what she looked like, uh, if you know what type of mix she is, just so people have an an understanding of what she looks like.
1: Well, she's a mix between a chihuahua and a shih tzu. That's what most of the vets think. So she's a very, very small dog. Her legs are tiny and she weighs around seven kilos. So She's got big brown eyes and she's got these amazing Yoda-looking ears and a curly tail. And she, she's got a really scruffy textured coat, but actually on the eye, but actually when you touch it, it's very soft. And she's a really gorgeous dog. And uh, But during the race, I didn't actually think that much of her because she smelled, her coat was even worse. She was really skinny. And, of course, I was thinking, has she got rabies? What other diseases you know, does she have? I couldn't remember if I'd had a rabies shot before and of course i'm there to try and win this race and if i get sick there i'm in big trouble because i might have mentioned earlier we don't shower there are you have to try and keep as hygienic as you can and that's one of the parts of the race that can be quite testing
0: interesting so she obviously chose you since she followed you uh throughout the race and it sounds like for you she kind of grew on you
1: yeah and uh, actually stage three was a, was a stage where we really cemented our bond together and I was running the race in third position at the time and I was just about to cross into this large river crossing and it was uh, about 100 metres wide and it was rushing up to my chest and I'm over six foot and it's, it's rushing really quickly. I mean, there's no way a little dog could have crossed it on her own. And I actually ran straight into the water just thinking about The people ahead of me, I was in third places, first and second have already gone through the water. I'm thinking, how far ahead are they? And I'm thinking about the bag that's on my back that I'm carrying, that's got my food and kit in there. I'm thinking, please don't fall over. Watch your footing. If the bag gets wet, I'm I'm in big trouble with the race, you know, to last the rest of the week. And as I run into the water and I start making my way across, I hear this dog barking and yelping and um, this high-pitched squealing. And I just couldn't bear not to keep going and uh, I have a superstition where I actually have never ever, ever looked back in my life on a race uh, I never turn around during the races I'm running and this is the first time I ever have looked back to see what the commotion was with this dog and she was so anxious and she just had this look about it that I'd left her and I, my heart just sank and I turned around and picked her up and went, went back and picked her up and you know as I picked her up I thought you know, is she going to bite me? How was she like being carried? But as soon as she got in my arms, as she does today, she just nestled her head into my shoulder and she was so comfortable. Uh, she just looked at me with these big brown eyes and, you know, I just fell for her then.
0: Oh, that's sweet. I guess it's amazing. Dogs, have a they have a certain way of changing us all.
1: The great thing about that stage was actually we would go on to win that stage as well. So, you know, not only had I lost a lot of time to go back and to pick Gobi up, but in the end, to win the stage was, you know, a huge pat on the back. for It was, it was good karma, I guess I like to put it that way. But That's right. We, we did it together. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so um, so happy about that stage result than anything. That
0: is just amazing. So fast forward on that. So the story that happens after the race mesmerized the world to some degree so one tell us about what happened after and, and secondly from your perspective why do you think it became such uh, an engaging story for people across the world really
1: Well when the race finished I actually had to fly back to Edinburgh the next day and I'd made a promise to Gobi that I was going to bring her back to the UK and I was determined to do that and I saw this little dog that needed someone to to step up and to help her and I had a very volatile, rough childhood myself and I didn't have that person in my life and I wanted to be that person for Gobi and uh, that was a promise that I made her so I flew back and we looked into how we could get go be back to the uk and we set up a crowdfunding page which was just really for some of the people at the race who said that they'd help support me financially to get a home and the story was picked up by a, a big paper here in the uk and uh, that was where the the wildfire started with it actually and it just took off it went viral all around the world this story and people started donating from all around the world as well and they were just encapsulated with the story. They loved the, the sacrifice and the dedication and things that had happened um, throughout this, the, the race already, but it was phenomenal. Everything was looking good. We were starting to put some things in place as to how we would get Gobi out of out of China, but then I received a phone call to say she'd gone missing, and uh, wow. it just floored me. I was I was rocked, and I thought this amazing experience that I'd been through with Gobi was the one and only time I would ever see her. So had a couple of nights of trying to we had some people in china trying to help out and had a couple of nights of trying to sleep and i just couldn't and i worried and worried and worried about her and uh, i spoke to my employees and i said look i've got to go back dog's gone missing they they were obviously fully aware of the story and uh, they said, go, go and do what you've got to do. And uh, I flew out the next day and with support from, again, from people all around the world helping us to have to afford it and set up a huge search party and volunteer team. And uh, this is in a city of Urumqi, it's called, and it's three million people. And it's a, you know, it's a very dense city. And on the outskirts of the city, you've got mountains and mountains and mountains and Um, flying in on the plane. I had been there before, before the race. I'd actually had to go through. There was a transit city and uh, I hadn't paid much attention to it, but I knew it was a pretty busy place, but flying in on the plane and I just saw these mountains and this forestry and then the city and I just thought, what have I done?
0: I can (laughs) not imagine.
1: No one there. Yeah. So I I, I walked out of the airport. I had uh, a lady that picked me up who would be our search and volunteer leader and from there, that's where it started. They'd already been searching for a few days, a small group, but what I did was spoke to all of the media, all of their social media aspects. We tried to get onto their... They've got their own separate channels to, to what we have. Uh, yeah, I was on all the TV shows you can think of and all the press, and basically I had not only the city of Urumqi and three million people looking for it, but the whole of China got behind it, and it was incredible. They were so supportive, and uh, people were searching 24 hours a day, and... Ten days uh, had gone by when Goby had first gone missing, and um, yeah, I received a phone call to say we think we've got your dog. Uh, it's incredible. We had, yeah, it was a roller coaster ride because we had so many of these, and we had so many threats against. Well, oh, we've got your dog. We're going to kill it. We, we want more money. we You know, yeah. some threats. We had, all, we had, we'd heard everything, and I actually wasn't fully aware of all of this, but this the team knew about all. The, these these things happening in the local language and so when we received this picture it was late at night and I wasn't too keen to actually go out to where we had to go it was a bit of a drive away but I was taken out there and lo and behold I walked into the room and Gobi spotted me and I hadn't said a word and she came running across the room and jumped up in my arms and she made the same noises as she did when (laughs) we were crossing the river and I didn't stop for her she was so excited and I was in tears it was it was amazing.
0: That is, think, is a crazy, incredible story.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the second part of your question, and uh, sorry, it's, it's a long part of, uh, part of the story to tell there, but I think the, the reason that people all around the world got behind the story is because that there's so much bad and sad news there that this was something that gave people hope, and they really loved seeing the connection between man and animal, and I think as humans, it really showed the best of humans and the kind nature and the good spirit that we all do have and i think people wanted to be involved with that and and that's why to this day the, the story is is so well received and you know we go into that into the book as well
0: yeah so for those listeners who have been following the story from the, the beginning when they go and read the book what's going to be new what uh, what are they going to be surprised by
1: this is the, um, the the best part about it is the, the press have actually asked pretty much the same questions all the way through. So what you've heard and seen in the press is just the layer of the whole story and we've had people reading it already that have heard this, you know, been following the story from the start and they've just been amazed at what's been happening behind the scenes and all of the drama and intrigue and mystery of, of what happened behind the search. And then the real connection between Gobi and I and the reasons that uh, i make the sacrifices and the decisions that i do to help her is, is there as well when that's all of my childhood and the reason that i do that um is explained and it's a remarkable read and the, the reviews on it have been fantastic so far as well
0: well kudos on that and all the listeners i strongly encourage you go go pick up a copy of the book with that we're going to take a quick break we'll continue with dion leonard talking about his new book finding Gobi, right after these messages from our sponsors There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com.
1: Love to spoil your dog, but no time to shop? Well, check out Pupjoy.com. Dog parents are raving about them. They deliver amazing boxes of treats and toys directly to your door. Premium goodies from indie brands, all customized to your dog's unique needs. So you can relax and spend more time on important things, like couch cuddles and belly rubs. Get personalized boxes of joy for your pup, plus built-in support for animal rescue, all for less than you'd pay at the store. Save $10 on your first order today. Go to pupjoy.com, customize your plan, and enter Pets Mean Business at checkout. P U P J O Y.com. Let's talk pets.
0: Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet
1: Radio.com. <laughs>
0: We're back with Dion Leonard talking about his amazing story of Finding Gobi. So Dion, you now have the book Finding Gobi launching and the rights to it, I believe, were sold for a major feature film. Did you ever think the story yeah, would get this big?
1: Cool. No, it's been yeah, an absolute. I have to pinch myself every day. It's just been incredible. But we had every publisher... You can think of all the big names really keen to, to speak to us about the story. And then we had a lot of film interest as well. And just to have the, the quality and the interest and uh, to do a, a deal with 20th Century Fox is amazing. So we're really looking forward to you know the book coming out. And then we've got a children's book in August actually coming out as well, which is picture book. And then hopefully into next year we'll know a bit more about the film and the, the next steps for that.
0: Yeah, that should be pretty exciting. And I have to imagine that this is going to be an amazing, heartfelt story when it comes to film. So other than uh, this crazy, miraculous story of Gobi and finding you and you finding her, what do we learn about you in this book?
1: Good question. You learn a lot about me, actually. And it it was very difficult for me to actually write and to share a lot of the things that happened when I was younger and to put that into the book. And it was very difficult for me to actually... Go back to the the things that happen, and I got blocked out a lot of that out of my life, and yeah, to put that into the book is is a big part of me. But it's also a lot of the energy that I use while I'm running as well. I I, I use a lot of negative energy and things that people have said to me or done to me and things from my past to actually get me through these multi-stage races that really test you mentally more than physically because you've got to pick yourself up every day and you can be out there for 6, eight, ten, twelve hours in horrific conditions and mentally your mind does wander and you know, mm-hmm. I come back from these races a, a different person and I change a different aspect about me every time and I've learned a lot about myself during these races and um the book just touches on the race from a, a relatively small point of view. It's a, it's a whole journey of me. It's a journey with Gobi. It's the race, and uh, it's the finding Gobi in the afterwards as well. So it's a really good combination, whether you're an animal lover, uh, a runner, an adventurer, someone who likes just uh, the, the intrigue of China. It's it's kind of got all of those bases covered.
0: Yeah, a fascinating. I think fascinating uh, look from a few levels. So, I mean, this is maybe one of the most amazing stories of uh, a rescue dog I've ever heard. Do you feel like, in some ways, you've been rescued a bit too?
1: Yeah. And it took me a little while to to realize how, but you know, I, I think that you know, I've say that finding Gobi was one of the hardest things that I've ever done, but her finding me was one of the best things. And it has changed me, and, it, and she has made me become a, a different person. And uh, again, it puts closure to a lot of things that happened in my earlier life, and being able to be the person to help go be out of that situation, and to be out there for that length of time and the sacrifice was, was so incredibly rewarding. to To have her sitting next to me now as I speak to you, it's just been such. It's been the best thing I've ever done.
0: You've now become a very visible person, visible story for dog rescue. What's this done for your perspective of other stray animals across the world, and you know any efforts to bring awareness to it?
1: That's the great thing about the story is already we've been receiving lots of messages of support from people around the world, saying that it's encouraged them to go down and visit their shelter and actually take the kids down there and and pick an animal and take one home, and they hadn't thought of that before, and so go telling Goby's story actually as you say, increases the awareness of Adopt Don't Shop. So that's the messaging that we're really continuing to encourage people with as well. And part of the the things going forward that we'd like to work with is uh, shelters not only in China, but around the world as well. And I'm working now with the Dog and Cat Home. I'm working with a little adoption shop in Beijing still, who's part of the story of Finding Gobi and we've donated £11,000 to them already. And, we're looking to continue to raise money going forward uh, and to support not only him but other people as well. So it's hopefully something that we can continue for, for quite some time.
0: That's wonderful. So very important message with that. Any other big takeaways that you would love for readers to walk away with in reading the book?
1: I think if they can go out there and find their own Goby, and whether that be an animal or whether that be a person or a person, whether there's something in their life they're not completely happy with, that Gobi is out there, and I hope that everyone can read the book and take away that little part. And it's even quite relevant for younger people as well to read the book to to see the that life that I had when I was younger and to see where life's taken me now, and to to know that there is a better better life out there and to continue on and to keep pressing forward for it.
0: Love it. That's a great message. So little Gobi, uh, I believe sitting by your side right now. So how long did it take her to uh, settle into being a, a normal house dog and part of the family? And as you take her around the neighborhood, I have to imagine she's a heck of a celebrity now.
1: Yeah, she is. That can be quite difficult, especially when you just want to take her out to the toilet and get back inside <laughs> and getting stopped on a regular basis. But it's it's also lovely. She, she loves all the attention and uh, I, I love seeing her with other dogs and people patting her and... Uh, yeah it's great to see the life that she's leading now and it's completely different to the to the Gobi Desert and she's settled in really well at home here from the moment she walked in here she she knew this was it and she gets on really well with our indoor cat Lara which is a ragdoll cat so she's ruled the roost for the last nine years and to have a stray dog being brought in the home with with Lara has been one of the things we were most concerned about but actually it should have been the least concerning because they both get on so well and at times it's a little bit Tom and Jerry they're chasing each other around the (laughs) hallway. the next minute they're just chilling together and yeah every night they uh, sleep together on the bed with um, my wife and I and take up all the beds so yeah it couldn't be better from that aspect.
0: Well, Dion, thanks. This is a, an amazing story, and I'd encourage everybody to go check out the book. I really appreciate you being on and shared everything with us. And, of course, um, I want to thank our producer, Mark Winter, for making all this possible for all the listeners, I'd love to hear your thoughts after reading the book. So again, the book is Finding Gobi. I'm hitting the shelves now. Share it with us on social media. Email me. I'd love to hear what you think of it. And if anybody's interested, we have a pretty cool opportunity to score an autographed copy of the book. We're going to give away five Pupjoy boxes and five signed copies, uh, personally signed by Dion of the book. Um, and to find out more information, you can go on any major social media at Finding Gobi, that's Finding G-O-B-I, or at Pupjoy. P-U-P-J-O-Y, um, again, on all major social media and uh, to get details on how to enter. So, if you want an autographed copy of the book, check that out, and of course, uh, go check out your local bookstore. So, Dion, uh, I believe you are now about to hit uh, tour of the U.S. Where and when can folks uh, reach you if they want to go see you in person?
1: Yeah, actually, tonight is the launch, the official book launch in Edinburgh, and then tomorrow we're making our way over to the States, which is incredibly exciting, and we're both Really looking forward to it, so it'll be unbelievable to be over there. and uh, We'll be in Atlanta, Chicago, and New York, but uh, we do have specific signings only for New York at at this stage, so uh, there'll be more details on our Facebook page actually over the next day uh, as they be confirmed. So as you said earlier, it's at Finding be on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah, so
0: please uh, go check it out. At Finding Gobi on all major social media. And as always, send me any questions if you have them. You can find me, Dustin, at pupjoy.com. That's P U P J O Y.com. At pupjoy on all major social media and online at pupjoy.com. Dion, thanks so much again. This was a, a real pleasure of mine. And I uh, wish you all the success with the book and the upcoming movie. Thanks very much,
1: Dustin, and to all your listeners as well.
0: Absolutely. So, my friends, that's it for today. Happy Tales to you until we meet again.